My name is Craig. I'm one of the leaders here um, at Adventure. And uh, I think it was my fifth birthday when I got my first bicycle as a gift. Um, It looked something like this up here. There might be a few people of my generation that remember a Schwinn Stingray as your first bicycle. I think it might have had training wheels on it when I got it, but I don't think they lasted very long. Um, And I was out riding around everywhere. Um, That was back in the day. Uh, when my parents would let me ride my bike all the way to the school and to my friend's house. In fact, not only would they let me, I think that was more in the era of you will. They weren't going to taxi drive me anywhere. Um, By the time I was 12, I uh, had a paper route. Uh, We lived in Napa, and so in my own neighborhood, I'd, you know, by then had a 10-speed kind of like up here and would throw a bag of newspapers over my shoulder and on my bike go around my neighborhood and toss those papers out. And that bike was my daily transportation to my friends, to school, to everywhere I went around town. Until that day when I turned 16 and I got that coveted driver's license. And I traded in two wheels for four and the bike got hung in the garage and became something that I very rarely rode, some special occasion, somewhere, whatever. Then, about five years ago, I realized that I needed a little more exercise than I was getting, and uh, my knees wouldn't let me run, and so I dug out a bike and hopped on it and discovered, man, this is great. I love this. And so I started riding often, and I started riding far, and I became a cyclist. So I'm curious, how many of you out there this morning, just raise your hand, how many of you know how to ride a bicycle? That's most of you, right? Okay. How many of you, raise your hand, would call yourselves a bike rider? There's a few. All right, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. How many of you would call yourself a cyclist? Raise your hand. Eh, The numbers just shrunk a lot, didn't they? All right. I think that we intuitively... Know the difference between knowing how to do something and identifying ourselves as the kind of person who does that thing. And that's important this morning for what I'm going to be talking about. We've, for several weeks now, been in this series that we're calling, I Love My Church. And Scott started off the beginning of the year talking about our purpose, why we exist at Adventure, and how we really feel compelled to bring Jesus' hope to an imperfect world, starting in our own community, our own homes, our own neighborhoods, and and stretching around the globe. And, And then the following week, he talked about how we do that by engaging with God and with others. And then last week, Jeremy talked about the importance of becoming who God intends us to be. And this morning, I'm going to kind of finish out that strategy that we have with Go take someone with you. But when you hear that, what do you think? Do you know where to go? Do you know how to go and what to do when you go? But maybe this is the most important question. Do you identify yourself as the kind of person who is a goer? Fortunately, 
and I think it's a great place for us to start, Jesus had some very specific instructions about this. And they were written down by a man named Luke, who was one of Jesus' biographers, wrote a, a whole you know, history of Jesus' life, things that he did, and he said, and I want us this morning to take a look at what Luke wrote down about Jesus' instructions for going. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. If you're using some kind of electronic device, your phone, that's fine. Pull that out. Open your Bible app. Luke chapter 10. I want to read beginning in verse 1, the first 11 verses. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. The first thing that I notice is this, that Jesus' work is done by ordinary people willing to go where he sends them. We don't know anything about these people that Jesus is sending, except that more of them is needed. Right? It's easy to miss kind of the metaphor of the harvest because most of us aren't farmers. We don't think in that way on a daily basis. But most of us realize that when fruit ripens on a tree or a vine or whatever it would be, that it, once it's ripe, it only lasts for a certain amount of time and then it's spoiled. It, it goes rotten. And so you don't really have the option of saying, well, hey, I'll just go out and pick a little bit every day until I get it all picked. Right? Because if it takes you too long, then all the fruit's rotten. It's wasted. And so if you've got a lot of fruit, you're going to need to get some people to help you. And the more people you have, the more help you're going to need to be able to pick all of that fruit before it goes bad. Jesus is trying to clearly say to us, there are many people, many, many, many people who are waiting and wanting for someone to come to them in Jesus' name. There just aren't enough people willing to go. Me? Right? That's our reaction, isn't it? Me? You, you really mean me? Jesus really means me? Yes. As a follower of Jesus, he is saying to you, to me, to all of us, go. I'm sending you. Where, though? We also don't know much about where Jesus is sending these people. I mean, he gives them some instructions, like don't take a purse or a bag or even wear any shoes on your feet. We know they were walking, so I'm guessing wherever they went wasn't very far, actually, from where they already were. At least I wouldn't want to walk halfway around the world barefoot without any food to eat. That doesn't sound very doable. But you know what? For some reason, when we come to church and we hear someone like me up here say, go, 
we get this idea that that means go far away, go someplace halfway around the world, that, you know, like missionaries do. And we have people in our church, adventurers, who do go far away. Cheyenne's here this morning, and she, you know, grew up in this church. And as a young lady, said, you know what, I think God wants me to go to Cambodia. And so she's gone to Cambodia and is serving at a ministry there called AIM, and they help rescue children from trafficking. It's an amazing thing that she's doing. Thanks for the coffee this morning, Cheyenne, from Cambodia. I loved it. It was really good. It's in the little pot out there, by the way. The big tall ones are the normal coffee. Little pots, Cambodia coffee, really good. Um, she's got a great ministry that they make soap. Go check out what she's doing. You could actually go with her, help her, without actually having to get on a plane and go all the way to Cambodia. Um, Dan Dice was here at the first service. Um, Dan and Cheryl lead our groups here uh, at Adventure, but back in December, they took a trip to the Windward Island School of Evangelism in Barbados. Now, I know you hear Barbados, and you think, that's a place we want to go on vacation. But I've seen the pictures. I can verify this was not vacation. They worked hard while they were there because the school had acquired a new property and they needed to get it ready. And there was tons of stuff to clean and to build and to fix so that when the students came, the school would be ready for them. It's a Bible college where students learn to be pastors, to serve churches on the islands. And so they went and they did that. If you follow me on Facebook or social media, you've, you know, you've seen pictures of me with lots of smiling kids. I was in South America a week ago because the ministry that I work with called Stadia starts new churches here in the United States and in six countries in Latin America. And I had a privilege of taking about a dozen of our church planners who are starting churches in the United States to visit the new churches that we were starting in Ecuador. And it was a great experience to go and to see what God was doing in this far away place. But we hear all that and we think, so that's what I have to do. I have to go far away. But there are people here in this room right now who are goers who aren't going far away at all. You know, Robin's sitting right over there. Robin's like the champion of our Compassion 365. I know she's going, you're a champion. You're a hero, Robin, for everything that you do. But you know what? All that stuff that she does is right here in Sacramento. Now, she might not walk. I think she probably gets in a car every now and then. But, you know, it's close. It's right here. And you could go out in a little bit and you could find out how you could be part of what she's doing right here. I see Annie sitting over here. Annie's one of our children's champions, right? We got all these kids out over there and Annie's over there helping with those kids, right? She can do her going by just walking out that door and, you know, a couple steps down these corridors. My wife's over there this hour right now uh, with some of our kids. See, you don't have to go far away to go. And actually, that's the great part of this, right? Think about the word itself, the literal meaning of the word go. It doesn't matter if I go across the room, if I go across the street. It doesn't matter if I get on an airplane and go halfway around the world. All of them are going. The question isn't where I am going. The question is, if I am going, am I a goer? When you go walk across the room, or walk across the street, or fly around the world, what do you do when you get there? Jesus says this, the most important part of going is being present with the people you are sent to. That's it. Just being present with the people you are sent to. He tells those who go to begin by saying peace. Now, I know that might sound a little weird in our language, right? We meet somebody, we say hello. But in Jesus' day, the normal greeting when you met someone anywhere was shalom. It was a Hebrew word that meant 
peace. But it was bigger than that. It was a blessing. It was a word that said, you know, may, be things, may things be well with you. May all the circumstances in your life and around you be well. It was a way of saying to someone, I am for you and I want life to be good for you. And Jesus is saying, when we go, we should go to people and we should greet them with that same kind of greeting. It's why we go, because we want things to be good for them. When people should go, don't be afraid of me. I'm not, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to bring good to you. Bring peace. Greet people kindly with peace. But then notice that Jesus says beyond that, stay. Go read Luke 10. That's what he says. He says, greet people kindly and then stay. Just be present with them. The most important thing you will do is be present. Today, we've got all of our ministries out in the lobby. At the end, when we're done here, you'll be able to go out and you'll be able to check out, you know, Compassion 365 and our student ministries and our global ministries. And maybe you want to volunteer to help with one of those things. I hope you will volunteer to help. Lots of people. I walked by the sign-up sheets. Lots of people already did. But the thing I want you to understand is, you know, depending on which place you volunteer to go, you will do different things, right? If, If you go... To the kids, you're going to do different things with the kids than you do if you go with Compassion 365 or if you do go with our global team on some kind of trip or help in some way. You will do different things. But the most important thing all of you who are goers will do is the same. You will be present with the people you are going to. At Adventure, that's our go challenge this year. It, it, it's the milestone. It's the thing that we really want to accomplish is to have adventurers, all of us, doing life with, just with our unengaged neighbors. Just walking across the street, knocking on the door, greeting them kindly and saying, hey, could we hang out? Could we spend some time together? That is the most valuable thing we do as Jesus people when we're sent. But you know what? For many of us, as simple as that can sound for me to say, right, go across the street, knock on the door, hang out with people, for some of us, that is pretty scary. Like, uh, yeah, you really want me to, you know, there's all this fear that comes up when we hear that. And if that's how you feel when you hear go and you hear be with, I want you to see one more thing about what Jesus says. He says that he comes with you where you go. Jesus comes where you go no matter how people respond, whether they accept you or not. What if it doesn't work, right? What if I do say yes and I sign up and I go over there with the kids and they don't listen to me? What if I go out and I sign up and say, I'll help with Compassion 365 and I go down, you know, with fishers of men and the homeless are there and I offer them something and they don't take what I offer them? Or what if I take that bold move and I walk across my street and I knock on my neighbor's door and they just ignore me? I know they're home. I know they're in there, but they don't answer the door. And they, you know, hey, none of us like being ignored. None of us like being rejected. I'm no different than you are. I don't like it when people ignore me. I don't like when people reject me. I hate, trust me, hate to waste my time. And if I'm going to go, I want something good to happen, right? I want, I want to see something that was good, that was done because I went, because I'm a goer. But Jesus is telling us it's impossible to waste your time. It's impossible for your going to be ineffective because wherever you go, his kingdom goes with you no matter how people respond. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. 
And he's going to go with you wherever you go so you can set those what-if fears aside. Don't be obnoxious. That, that's a bad idea. Greet people kindly. Stay with them. But don't worry about what happens. That's up to Jesus. Here's the beauty of how all this works together. When you go bring Jesus hope, you engage with God and others, and you become who God intended you to be. Let me see if I can illustrate that with this tandem bike that I brought with me this morning. Again, most of you said you know how to ride a bike. So if we took this outside and you said, hey, get on it, you could. You could ride this. Not so many of you said you were bike riders, and almost nobody said they were a cyclist. Here's the relevant question. What would you have to do to become a cyclist? See, for most of you, you already know how to ride the bike. All you really need to do is what? Get on it and start pedaling and go somewhere. Now, metaphorically, right, when you go, you'll engage with God and with others. If I wanted to engage with other cyclists, what would be the best way for me to do that? I just need to get on a bike and go pedal where other people are riding bikes, right? And I could engage with them. Our collective purpose, why we exist, is to be people who are going to bring Jesus hope. What's the best way to engage with God and with others? It's to go. It's to become a goer and to go with us and to be doing the things that God is doing as we go and do that. Some of you are new to adventure. And you're right now thinking, man, I wasn't so sure I even wanted to get out of bed this morning and come to church. You know, I just wasn't sure about the whole church thing. And now I'm here and you're like telling me I got to go across the room and across the street and around the world. Whoa, I get it, right? You, you just kind of want to check it out. That, that's okay. I'm not trying to scare you away. That's not my intent or my purpose at all. But I do hope that you would at least understand this one thing. That if you are going to be a part of us, you're going to be an adventurer with us, we are going to go together. That's how we engage with God and with others. Here's what you need to go back to. At the very beginning of what Jesus says, he says he sent them two by two. Luke writes that down, right? He sent them out two by two, which means nobody went alone. That's why we say go and take someone with you. I'm a cyclist. I promise you I could get on this bike and, and ride it by myself. Now, I actually thought about doing that this morning, and then I thought about all these wires and all these expensive instruments, and I decided I would just leave it in the stand. I'll get to that in a moment. But you know what? This bike wasn't meant to be ridden alone, was it? It was meant for two people to ride it. And even though I could ride it by myself, if someone gets on this other seat with me, we're going to go farther. We're going to go faster. But it isn't just about that. It's going to be more fun, right? I'm going to have somebody to talk to while I ride. And it's going to be a lot safer because if we have any kind of trouble or problem, I'm going to have someone with me to help solve that. God intended for us to go together to see what would happen, to see what Jesus will do when we do. Last week, Jeremy talked about becoming who God intended us to be. And kind of like we have an opportunity to go volunteer today, we have an opportunity for people to go and, and join groups. And I was curious this week, so I asked 35 people last week, 35 people joined a small group at Adventure for the very first time last week. You can applaud that. That's a lot of people. 
That's a lot of people. I was so encouraged to think, man, these people are going to get connected with each other, with God. And through that experience, they're really going to begin to become more of who God intended them to be. But you know what? I think sometimes we get the relationship between becoming and going kind of mixed up. Or at least we don't understand how it really works. See, I think we get the idea in our head that we have to become first so that we can go. So at home, I have a little more sophisticated stand than this, just this for my bike. I've got a stand called a trainer that I can put my bike in and I can get on the seat and I can pedal and pedal and pedal and pedal and the bike doesn't go anywhere. Why do I do that? Do I do that so that I can go ride? See, that's the thought we have, but in the real world, it doesn't work that way. Do you really want to get on this bike day after day, week after week, year after year, and pedal away and never go anywhere? You don't, do you? (laughs) Nobody does. I don't. I'm a cyclist. Why do I do that? I do that because I already go ride. And I get out on those rides and I realize, wow, I could ride a little further faster if I trained a little harder. And so that's why I focus on becoming not so I can go, but because I am already going. And it works the same way with our faith. God uses our going to help us become the people that he intended us to be. It's where our lives are really shaped into who he wants us to become. It all works together. I hope that you can see the beauty of that, how it all works together. When I go and take someone with me, together we engage with God and with others. Together we become who God intended us to be. And together we see God's hope realized in our lives. And we bring his hope to those that we go to. Will you pray with me? Lord, thanks for giving us hope. Thanks for um, inviting us, challenging us, sending us to go. It can be scary. So my prayer this morning is that you would give us courage. Lord, maybe there's some people thinking, you know what, I really want to go, but I, I'm not sure. I just pray this morning that you would give them courage to say, you know what, you can do this. In, in my name, uh, you can do this. Uh, Lord, maybe there's some people this morning who are thinking, you know, I've been thinking about going someplace, feeling like maybe I should go there. I've been doing little things, but feel like there's some bigger thing, God, you want me to go do. I pray that you would give them courage to say yes, to go do it. God, we know you've promised from what we've read this morning that you will go with us, that your kingdom comes with us wherever we go. God, give us the opportunity to see that, to see your kingdom come, to see your hope brought to people who are far from you, that they may know the hope that we have in your name. Amen.